0: But that the gospel, by virtue of the life change that takes place in our lives because of our faith in Christ, it often does become a conduit of division in relationships with people who don't know Christ because they look at you like, what happened to you? Do you see what I'm saying? And that's what Christ is talking about here. Grace and, truth. Grace and truth. Welcome to Grace and Truth Radio, a ministry of Harvest Bible Church. Open your Bibles to Acts chapter 14, verse 8, for the second half of the message.: All right, let's take our Bibles and go to Acts chapter 14 together. Yes. Acts 14. This morning, I want to talk to you about being a true hero for Christ. I want to urge you through this message to aspire to be a true hero for Christ. And I'm going to describe for you this morning the characteristics of a true hero for Christ. I believe we find them here in Acts 14, particularly in the lives of the Apostle Paul and uh, his partner in ministry at this point, Barnabas. Acts 14. There's an outline in your bulletin. Would you get that out as well? I would encourage you to take a few notes, and I'm going to give you uh, four thoughts. In fact, I'm going to give you all four of them right now, okay? So the main ideas that I want to share with you, I'm going to give them all to you, all four, and then I'll unpack these ideas, and uh, they involve the characteristics of a true hero for Christ. Okay, here's the first one. Number one, the first characteristic is tenacity. Okay, tenacity somebody who is just tenacious. They stay with it. The second one is boldness. That is a characteristic of a true hero. Boldness. Number three, humility. Humility. And then number four, finally, love. So here we go. They're up there. And uh, Iconium Once again, they are persecuted, and now Jews and Gentiles, and there's a big uproar, and they hear that they're going to take them and stone them again. And this is where we need to be informed by wisdom in these situations, because on the one hand, they said, Okay, we're going to stay here, and we're going to get louder, and we're going to preach longer, and we're going to just be bold, but now they decide it's time to move on. Now, Are they fleeing? Are they running from the difficulty? No, I don't think so. I think, in fact, notice what it says in verse 7. It says, and there they continued to preach the gospel. They just moved on with the gospel message. So that's where the Spirit of God, we have to be sensitive to the leading of the Holy Spirit. There's a time to stand and to be bold and to continue to proclaim and then... There's a time to move on, not to hide, not to flee, but to what? To continue to preach the message of the gospel. Amen? And that's what happens here. Would you take a moment and go with me back again to the gospel of Matthew? Matthew chapter 10. I want to show you something that Jesus said about the gospel and the effects of the gospel. Look at verse 34 of Matthew chapter 10. Remember? We said that the gospel divides. is not worthy of me. Whoever finds his life will lose it, and whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. I think those are some of the hardest words that Jesus ever spoke. What it's talking about and what Jesus is talking about is the cost of discipleship, the cost of following Christ. And some of you have experienced that own cost in your life, haven't you? Some of you have experienced exactly what Jesus is talking about here where when you trusted Christ as Savior, some of you, your own family, didn't understand what happened to you. They looked at you like you'd become some religious zealot, some wacko freak, and they're like, oh boy, we've got to distance ourselves from him or her now. And it's in those moments, isn't it true, brothers and sisters, that we have difficult decisions to make. Who will I really be faithful to? Will I be faithful to my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ or will I abandon Jesus so that I can maintain this relationship? And Jesus says straight up to you, you have to follow me. And you have to trust me in these other relationships. And so when Jesus speaks of the sword there, Dividing people, dividing families, this is what he's referring to. Not that you and I get obnoxious and seek to create division in our family, but that the gospel, by virtue of the life change that takes place in our lives because of our faith in Christ, it often does become a conduit of division in relationships with people who don't know Christ because they look at you like, what happened to you? Do you see what I'm saying? And that's what Christ is talking about here. And that's what we see happening here in these cities as Paul and Barnabas are preaching the gospel. What Jesus said is exactly happening. It says here clearly the city was divided as they preached the gospel. Some believed, some rejected, and it stirred up a tremendous controversy in these cities, so much so that these people wanted to stone them again. Let's go back to Acts 14. Would you do that please with me? Because now we come to the third characteristic this morning, and that is humility. So we've seen two so far. We've seen tenacity. We've seen boldness. These are characteristics of true heroes for the Lord, and they are characteristics of of the Lord Jesus. Amen? So when we're being a true hero for Christ, ultimately we are adopting the characteristics of our Lord. And the third one is humility. Look at verse 8. Okay? Acts 14, it says, Now at Lystra... There was a man sitting who could not use his feet. He was crippled from birth, and he had never walked. He listened to Paul speaking, and Paul looking intently at him and seeing that he had faith to be made well, he said in a loud voice, Stand upright on your feet. And he sprang up, and he began walking. And when the crowd saw what Paul had done, they lifted up their voices, saying in Lyconian, The gods have come down to us in the likeness of men. Barnabas they called Zeus and Paul Hermes because he was the chief speaker and the priest of Zeus whose temple was at the city or at the entrance to the city brought oxen and garlands to the gates and wanted to offer sacrifice with the crowds but when the apostles Barnabas and Paul heard of it they tore their garments and rushed out into the crowd crying out men Even with these words, they scarcely restrained the people from offering sacrifice to them. You know, with success comes a tendency towards pride. Isn't that true? We must always acknowledge that any good results that have been accomplished in and through our lives, it's because the Lord Jesus has enabled us and strengthened us. Amen? Isn't that right, church? Now Paul and Barnabas have accomplished some great things. And particularly this miracle here where Paul heals this lame man and allows him to walk. I mean, this was, this was something, wasn't it? And of course, he had the apostolic ability to, to do this healing. And it would have been very easy for Paul to become proud of this and arrogant. And in fact, he could have easily received this adulation and this worship that he was receiving from these people. But I, I have to admire the humility that Paul and Barnabas display in this. They want nothing to do with this kind of adulation. They want the glory to go to who? The Lord Jesus. And so they rush out and they say, no, you cannot do this. And 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 5 and 6, let me put these on the screen and read them for you. Just a reminder, this is what the apostle Peter said. He said, likewise, you who are younger, be subject to the elders. Clothe yourselves, all of you, with humility toward one another, for God opposes the proud, but he gives What? grace to the humble humble yourselves therefore under the mighty hand of god so that at the proper time he may exalt you but this response from this crowd isn't it interesting i mean they want to worship paul they want to worship barnabas and they they believe that these are now the manifestations of their gods zeus and hermes they think they've come down to be among them now why is this well, I DID A LITTLE BIT OF RESEARCH ON THIS AND I DISCOVERED THAT THIS REACTION WAS THE RESULT OF SOME FOLKLORE THAT WAS A PART OF THEIR CULTURE. THERE WAS A TRADITION IN Lystra THAT WAS ACTUALLY RECORDED BY A ROMAN POET NAMED OVID WHO DIED IN AD 17. And THE STORY THAT THIS POET TELLS IS THAT THE GODS, ZEUS AND HERMES, ONCE HAD COME DOWN TO THEIR AREA INCOGNITO. And when they arrived at Lystra, they actually asked for food and lodging, but everybody in the city refused them except for a peasant couple named Philemon, his wife, whose name was Bossic. They took them in. They fed them, they housed them, they cared for them. Well, their inhospitable neighbors were drowned in a flood that was sent by the vengeful gods after their departure. But Philemon and his wife Bossic, they were spared, and in fact, not only were they spared, but their humble little cottage was actually turned into a great, beautiful temple where Zeus and Hermes now made them the priest and the priestess of the temple. This was folklore. This is what they had been taught. Kids learned these stories about what had happened in Lystra. So when Paul and Barnabas arrive and God gives them the supernatural ability to heal this man, they immediately connected this healing with this folklore about Zeus and Hermes. They thought Zeus and Hermes were among them. And they didn't want to make the same mistake that there there are patriarchs had made and resisting them and, and not accepting them. They didn't want to get flooded out. So they're like, it's Zeus, it's Hermes. In fact, the guy who's now down there serving in the temple of Zeus, he actually arrives, it says there, with some oxen because he's going to go ahead and sacrifice this animal to Paul and Barnabas. And Paul and Barnabas are like, no way. This cannot happen. And then, of course, don't you love what he says here? Look at verse 15 again. He says, Paul says, men, why are you doing these things? We are men of like nature with you. And then he he gets to the gospel. And we bring you good news. That you should turn from these vain things, in other words, Zeus and Hermes worship, the whole Greek pantheon thing, all of those, all of this false worship turn from that to the living God who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and all that is in them. And then he backs this up by saying simply, look, he's even given you rain so that your food will grow and he's provided these things for you. That's humility, isn't it? The identifications too I think are intriguing. Uh, the, the people of Lystra, they called Barnabas Zeus. Now Zeus was actually the head of the entire Greek pantheon of gods. You've seen pictures of him probably. He's you know, tall, strong, broad-shouldered, good-looking, handsome. And then Hermes was the messenger of the gods. He was not a character like Zeus. He, and, and isn't it funny that Paul is the one who is called Hermes... But Barnabas is the one who they recognized as Zeus. And some scholars believe that that's because Barnabas was probably taller, more handsome, more good-looking, maybe even a better orator than the Apostle Paul. Um, one particular uh, historian from this particular era describes the Apostle Paul as being a man who was kind of short, ruddy, uh, kind of almost as wide as he was tall, bald-headed with a sloping forehead and a big nose. That's how he is described in history. And in fact, another author in the scripture says that basically Paul was somebody who was not impressive. His letters, his writing, was considered to be more impressive and more powerful than his physical presence. So now here you've got Paul. He's this kind of short, squatty, bald-headed, sloping forehead, big nose dude. He's called Hermes, the messenger of the gods. And Barnabas is the one who is called Zeus. I, just, I think that's kind of hilarious, really. And um, what that tells me, though, is this, and I think it's actually something that ought to encourage all of us in here, especially if you struggle in any way with the way that you look and you're not completely satisfied with the way God has made your body, just know this, is that God can use everybody and anybody. Amen? God can use all of you. All right? All of you. And someday when you get to heaven, you're going to get that perfect body that you want, but until then, just kind of work at it, all right? Do some exercise and eat right, you know? And, uh, you know, put a little makeup on once in a while and comb your hair, and and we'll love you just like that, okay? (laughs) Love you. All right? Guys, if you start going bald, it's okay, all right? It's all right. All right, just don't do that comb over thing, please. Don't do that, all right? <laughs> just teasing you, I'm teasing you. I can say that cuz my hair hasn't really started falling out except right here at the top it has. And my kids tease me about that a little bit. All right, here's the last one, last characteristic this morning, love. Love. Now Paul and Barnabas and let's go back up to the map one more time. Paul and Barnabas now are going to retrace their steps. They're going to go back through the cities and listen to this, even the cities where they were rejected and stoned, okay, they're going to now go back through those cities again and notice what it says. It says in verse 19, okay, but, but Jews came from Antioch and Iconium and having persuaded the crowds, they stoned Paul and dragged him out of the city supposing that he was dead. BUT WHEN THE DISCIPLES GATHERED AROUND HIM, HE ROSE UP, AND HE ENTERED THE CITY, AND ON THE NEXT DAY HE WENT ON WITH BARNABAS TO DERBE. SO, (laughs) HE GETS STONED, THEY THINK HE'S DEAD, AND AS THEY GATHER AROUND HIM, MAYBE, YOU KNOW, TO CRY OVER HIM, ALL OF A SUDDEN THE GUY STANDS UP. SO HE MIGHT NOT HAVE BEEN VERY GOOD-LOOKING, BUT HE SURE WAS ONE TOUGH DUDE, AMEN? AMEN? You can't even stone this guy to death. And so he gets up, and <laughs> I just love this. Notice verse 20. The disciples gathered around, and he rose up, and what's he do? He goes right back into the city. <laughs> he is, he's like the cat that you kick out, and it comes right back again. He goes right back into the city, and then it says on the next day, he went on with Barnabas to derby. And when they had preached the gospel to that city and and had made many disciples, they returned now to Lystra and to Iconium and up there to Antioch. So they go through those cities again. And then I want you to notice why they do this. Why would Paul do this? Why would he go right back into an area that he knew was a hotbed of of, uh, hatred for him? Here's why. Here's why. Because of love. He loved the believers there in those cities. He cared deeply for them. Verse 22, notice what he does. Strengthening the souls of the disciples, encouraging them to continue in the faith and saying that through many tribulations we must enter the kingdom of God. And when they had appointed elders for them in every church with prayer and fasting, they committed them to the Lord in whom they had believed. So what is... What does Barnabas do? Well, number one, they gave them encouragement. These believers were living in a hostile area. And Paul wanted to go back and he wanted to say, It's okay. Keep living for Jesus. You're going to get some trials. You're going to have some tribulations. So did I. I was just stoned. But you you just keep serving Jesus and we'll do that together. So he encourages them. And then verse 22, he taught the believers. So he strengthens them. He encourages them in the word of God. And then in verse 23, this is very important. Notice what he does. It says there that when they had appointed elders for them in every church... Paul cares so deeply for those believers that he recognizes one of the things he needs to go back into these cities to do is he needs to help organize these churches. They're believers, and they need to be taught. They need to be encouraged. And yes, they need to be organized because without organization, what would happen? It would just collapse. It would fall apart. So they they appointed elders there and then they prayed according to verse 23. With prayer and fasting, they committed them to the Lord in whom they had believed. Let's finish it up. Look at verse 24. Then they passed through Pisidia and they came to Pamphylia. And when they had spoken the word in Perga, they went down to Atalia, and from there they set sail to Antioch, back to the original city that they left from, where they had been commended to the grace of God for the work that they had fulfilled. And when they arrived and gathered the church together, they declared all that God had done with them and how he had opened a door of faith to the Gentiles, and they remained no little time with the disciples. (laughs) Can you imagine what this reunion must have been like back up there at the original Antioch City in Syria? After the travels and the stories that Paul and Barnabas must have told and, and gathering together with that sending church that had been faithfully praying for them, what a sweet reunion this must have been. I praise God for Paul and Barnabas. I thank the Lord, that they were such heroes for Christ, and I want to urge you this morning, by God's grace, you too, if you will seek to adopt these characteristics in your life and allow them to be empowered by the Holy Spirit of God, you become like the Lord Jesus. How? In tenacity, Amen? In boldness, amen. in humility amen. and in love. And by God's grace, these things can mark all of us as followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. May it be so. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for your word. Thank you for the way that it speaks to our lives and it challenges us, it encourages us. And I pray that we would take what has been said this morning and we would apply it. We would go and we would live it for your honor and for your glory. I pray these things in Jesus' precious name. Well, I hope you have enjoyed that teaching for today, and I'm so glad that you have been with us on the program. I'd like to take just a moment, if I could, to you, our listeners of Grace and Truth Radio, and I would like to just share with you from my heart the great things that God has been doing in and through this radio ministry. We have had so many folks from all over Metro Detroit share with us how Grace and Truth Radio has been such a blessing in their lives. And I'll tell you, that really means a lot to us. Everyone who contacts us, everybody who emails us, everyone who calls us, what a joy it is to hear from you, our listeners. And as God has blessed the radio program and used it in so many lives all over Metro Detroit, we want you to know that our desire is to see Grace and Truth Radio used to an even greater degree by our Lord Jesus Christ. But in order for that to happen, we need to ask you to consider becoming a monthly prayer supporter and a monthly financial supporter of this radio ministry. Would you consider doing that? I want to ask you, would you consider becoming a monthly supporter of our radio program? What a blessing it would be as we continue to preach the Word of God and encourage people all over Metro Detroit. You can do that simply by going to our website, it's graceandtruthradio.net. Again, graceandtruthradio.net, and you'll notice there on the home page, there'll be a place there where you can sign up to become a monthly supporter of Grace and Truth Radio. Will you help us stay on the air? Will you help us take Grace and Truth to even more homes and possibly in the days ahead to even more cities where we can preach God's word and encourage God's people? Thanks so much for considering this, and I hope to hear from you. Once again, that's graceandtruthradio.net, or you can call us at 877-64-TRUTH. Again, that phone number is 877-64-TRUTH. Thanks for joining us today on Grace and Truth Radio. I'm so glad that you've been with us. If you're looking for a church, I'd like to invite you to join us. Harvest is a growing, dynamic, multicultural church that welcomes people from all backgrounds, all cultures, and all walks of life. We are passionate Christ followers, and if that resonates with you, come check us out. You can get a copy of this series of messages if you go to our website, graceandtruthradio.com. Or you can call us at 1-877-64-TRUTH. And of course, Grace and Truth Radio is sponsored by Harvest Bible Church and listeners like you. Check out our website at harvestdetroitwest.org. I hope you'll come to visit us this Sunday at one of our three service times, 8.30 a.m., 10 a.m., or 11.30 a.m. Harvest is located on Newburgh Road, just north of Ford Road. We hope to see you there. i mm-hmm.